what's happening 120ers so um sorry for being a little bit late my wife and i are out of town right now and i uh, had to get things set up a little bit so i hope everyone's doing well and had a good week um you know <clears throat> for those of you who've been kind of following along with us uh and just uh aware of some of the things that i've shared you know we've been uh really trying to pull together as a family and help our son um, who's been struggling a little bit, uh, you know, there's a lot of words that can be said. There's other things that can be pointed to. Greg, what's happening, brother? Good to see you on here. For everyone taking the time to watch this, I want to say thank you very much. There's nothing more precious and important than your time. So I really do appreciate that. Hey, Rick and Jody, the Cowboy Church, thank you guys so very much for taking the time. Um, you know, with, with the circumstances and situations surrounding uh, a lot of youth, um, as a matter of fact, I've become aware of a lot of, uh, you know, uh, pastoral, uh, you know, leaders and other things. Um, you know, it's, uh, there's a lot of people dealing with, you know, um, with, you know, psychosis, mental breaks and, and illness and things that are happening right now. And, and, you know, some of the things I can understand are, you know, physiologically, you know, we're, I, the way I explain it to, to my son and other people is, you know, you can look at your body much like a machine, uh, a computer or a car, liken it to any type of machine. And machines now and then, they have glitches. Things happen. But other times, we kind of bring these things onto ourselves. And, and I'm not pointing this directly at my son, but in speaking in general, there's a lot of, of, of people of faith and, and even in the world who many times bring on themselves the defeat that they're experiencing. And I'd like to refer to scripture and just kind of point out to you guys what it was um, that I've learned and whatnot. But uh, I'd like to start with an example out of Deuteronomy chapter one. Um, I have these scripture verses at the heading of the, the uh, video. So if you want to look them up and check them out for yourself, I always encourage doing that. Um, because, you know, don't just take my word for it. Don't just listen to someone who stands at a podium or who maybe has degrees. Go find out for yourself. It's one thing to comprehend and know, but it's really a whole other thing, an empowering thing to understand and experience. And that's what brings the wisdom of being able to live out, walk out, and function as the Lord would have us in our lives. So I'm going to start with uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 42, and I'm just going to read a few verses to kind of get started. So I hope this flows all right. As I've said before many times, I don't plan any of these things. I don't have anybody preparing anything for me. It's just simply through scripture study and what the Lord brings me to that I try to share. So hopefully it makes sense and encourages someone out there. So, <coughs> excuse me. In uh, Deuteronomy chapter 142, it says, And the Lord said to me, Tell them, do not go up nor fight, for I am not among you, lest you be defeated before your enemies. So I spoke to you, yet you would not listen, but rebelled against the command of the Lord, and presumptuously went up into the mountain. And the Amorites who dwelt in that mountain came out against you and chased you as bees do, and drove you back from Seir to Horam, uh, Hormah. Then you returned and wept before the Lord, but the Lord would not listen to your voice nor give ear to you. That's really an important thing because a lot of times people get into situations, they get into, we'll say, a fight or a battle that the Lord did not call them to. 
Uh, and when we go and we get defeated, all of a sudden it's like, oh, God, save me. Oh, God, fix this. And, it's, and as you can see here, it says that they rebelled. One, when we go into battles presumptuously to assume that just because God is on our side, he's going to take you through everything and fix everything is a completely and totally erroneous as well as uh, I would say Satan-led type mentality that, oh, because God's on my side, I can't be defeated. That's, that's trash. And when we presumptuously act as though we know when God is not given word or sometimes told us, no, that's not really the right person to marry or the best place to go or situation to get into or ministry for you, we take on a, a battle that we are not ready for, nor is the Lord with us. And just as the, the Israelites had said that they were basically soundly defeated and chased off, it said, then you returned and wept before the Lord, but the Lord would not listen to your voice nor give ear to you. So many people think that God just kind of owes us his ear because he has grace, but he's also merciful and just. The just part is not just against our enemies or those who are not Christian. It's also against us when we presumptuously, assumingly. And I was once told by, uh, it was actually one of my martial arts instructors. He said, if you take the word assume and you break it down, it says, ask you me. And that's exactly what you make out of yourself and others when you assume. And I, I always liked that because in the story um, it's uh, of that heading is the penalty for rebel, uh, Israel's rebellion. And so many times we rebel against God or pre presume something when God has not given us the okay to go into a certain battle. Many times pastors and others are burnt out. You know, and it's funny because you never hear about Paul being burnt out in ministry, Peter being burnt out in ministry, or any of the apostles, Jesus, any of them being burnt out in ministry. And maybe sometimes it's not because of the fact that, you know, um, it's just so hard being a pastor or a leader or anything else, but maybe sometimes we're getting involved in situations or battles that we were not called for. And we presumptuously go in, assuming God has our back when God is saying, no, I don't have your back on this one. Just because I love you doesn't mean I'm going to follow you. You follow me. And that becomes a, a, a big issue. And, and we have to ask ourselves, is our heart right? Were we called to a battle? And sometimes people pray for battles they're not ready for, or we step into battles that we're not ready for and in, in uh, a spiritual means as well as a physical mean. And a lot of people right now, especially young people, leaders and others are experiencing mental breaks, psychosis, you know, emotional breakdowns, or just um, kind of just falling into, uh, I would say, you know, the, the wrong path or way, and they, they find themselves defeated, wondering why, like, why, you know, where is God? When in reality, some battles are brought to us and we're thinking, where are you, God? Other times it's like, well, where was God on this? I don't understand. Well, maybe we, we acted presumptuously or assumingly or disregarded the word of God and went into a battle and therefore we found ourselves defeated. And, and that, that really leads me to the second set of verses that I, I have. And real quick, Marty Martinez, what's up, Alan? Good to see you again for all those of you taking time. I really do appreciate it. Um, so <clears throat> I was reading today, and, and I've been sharing with you guys that I've been reading out of the book of Acts. And it was reading in the book of Acts that actually led my mind to Deuteronomy and like, wow, wait a second. We uh, we experience defeat, and God says, "No, I'm not going to listen to the whining and the crying, or the oh, you're going to pray now." 
thing when I told you, I warned you not to do these things, and yet you presumptuously did it anyways and rebelled against me. And there's a, there's a cost for rebellion. Just because God loves us doesn't mean that he's going to, to jump in and take away all the, the effects or the repercussions of the choices we make. That, that's part of the learning process. But before one rebels, we must ask ourselves, is our heart right for the battle? In, in reading in, in Acts chapter 8, I came across this story, and many are aware of this, of um, Simon the Sorcerer. Socorro, how you doing? <clears throat> um, so Simon the Sorcerer, I was reading to that today, and, and I, like I told you guys and shared with you, I'm not just doing a chapter-by-chapter chapter read of Acts. I'm breaking down each section. I read, and then I go back, and I break down and pull out those little Legos and, and look at them. And I was very surprised today when I was reading about Simon the Sorcerer. And real quick to give you an idea of who Simon the Sorcerer was, it says, but there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when the people believed Philip, when he preached things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed. Oh, back up here for a second. A guy who was practicing sorcery that was so good at what he was doing, he had astonished people. And, and what does he mean by he had astonished them with what he was doing? Well, if you actually define the word sorcery, Per the dictionary, <clears throat> as a matter of fact, this is uh, from CambridgeDictionary.com. It says sorcery, a type of magic in which spirits, especially evil ones, are used to make things happen. So for people who think like, oh, magic and all this other stuff, that's just a bunch of hogwash and Satanism. These people practice that stuff. You better check yourself because in reality, the very definition of sorcery, what this guy Simon was practicing, was not just like magic cards. Here, pick a card. Let me pull a dime out of your ear. All right. It was actually a type of magic. All right. A specific type. One of my fingers, if this is my pinky finger, not just a finger, right? my ring finger, my middle finger. It was a type of magic in which spirits, especially evil ones, are used to make things happen. That's how this guy Simon was able to really astonish and dumbfound the people and convince them, deceive them with these things happening and, and making things happen, deceive them into believing that he was the great power of God. And, and it wasn't just about helping people or, or you know, sh shining through, letting the light of Christ shine through you, as was Philip when he came and preached Christ. But Simon himself wanted to be a light. He wanted to be the Christ, not honor Christ. So when the time came, this guy who was practicing magic and was making things happen to the degree that he had an entire town just dumbfounded and respecting him from the least to the greatest, they were astonished, right? Look that word up too. But he himself actually was one who believed in what Philip was saying, which is very interesting that he would believe one who practices magic and make things happen believed what Philip was teaching in the town of Samaria. Now, when he had actually believed, and then it goes on to say that Peter and John heard that people in Samaria were believing, so they came. 
And they came and prayed for the people to receive the Holy Spirit. And, and it's interesting because he says, when they had come, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet, he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. That is something worth pondering and meditating and taking before the Lord. But it goes on and says, And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, that anyone on whom I may lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Now, this guy didn't just want to, to be like the apostles. He wanted to have more power. It was not about glorifying the Lord. It was about glorifying himself. And that's where I have an issue with much of the modern New Age mysticism practices. This is, it's not about glorifying the Lord and letting the light of the Lord through. It's about being a light themselves. And whether they realize it not or not, whether it's nefarious or innocent, they are seeking to replace Jesus as the light of the world to all men as the savior. Well, I've got these powers. I can save you. Here, I'll show you something. And remember this guy, Simon, was already practicing sorcery, not just magic. He was making legitimate things happen, but, but by evil spirits. Now he wanted the power to control the Holy Spirit and, and make things happen. And, and again, it was pride, vanity. I want to be a light, not reflect the light of Christ. And that's where he was wrong. He wanted to continue to deceive people is the point. And it's, it's amazing what it is that Peter says to him. First and foremost, he says, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You thought you could own the spirit? You thought you could own and, and control God because your money, you know what? You and your money die. And it's, it's kind of when you really put it into modern day words and think about like, what was Peter really telling him? You and your money perish. I mean, your money will perish with you. Like, holy crud. But it's funny because now I'm going to go back to, are we, are our hearts ready for the battle? It's in, in Deuteronomy, we read about the children of Israel rebelling against God and presumptuously going into a battle that they were not one called in nor two supported in. And many, many Christians do this. Many young people are doing this. Even ministers and pastors and leaders do these same type of things. And that's where we get burnout. We get mental breaks. We get psychosis and other things that begin to manifest through. It doesn't mean that there's, these things don't occur or we're not primed for them because of our bodies or the fleshness. But many times they, they really fire up, I'll say. And it comes back to this. Coming back to Simon the Sorcerer, Peter says, you have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of your wickedness and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. Whoa. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Now, we would not naturally seem like, oh, you know, bitter and iniquity, but pay close attention. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. It is easy to rebel against God un unwittingly and wittingly, knowingly and unknowingly, right? If our hearts are not right with God. We uh, presumptuously assume that we are right with God. But he says, repent, therefore, of this your wickedness and pray 
God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiving you. That should be very telling to people, right? <clears throat> but I want to point something out here. It says, for I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. And this really made me start to think, one, is your heart right in the sight of God, not your own heart, in the sight of you, not your heart in the sight of your pastor, in the sight of the congregation, your neighbor, someone who might think you're spiritual, but is your heart truly right? Are you free of poison, the poison of bitterness and iniquity? And, and let me define what bitterness is. Bitterness, I have no idea how to pronounce the, the Greek word. It's uh, pikrias or something. But in the Strong's, it is G4088, for those of you who like to study and, and challenge what it is I'm saying. It is defined in Scripture as a state of being bitter. In an, effect, an effective sense, bitterness, anger, animosity, and harshness are those things, things that are actually in your heart. Is there someone that comes to your mind when I say bitterness? Is there someone who comes to your mind when I say anger, animosity, or harshness? I will tell you, I'm guilty of every one of these things at, at some point or another in my life. And those, these are things that I battle at times. Even with, with mental illness and other things, there's times when things are said when you're like, wait, what? And we have to guard our hearts, as scripture says, because it is easy to get, be a little harsh, and then have a little animosity in there, like, oh, that jerk over there, oh, they have a better car than us, keeping up with the Joneses. It, it may sound funny, but this is how the devil works. If he just came up and said, hey, sin, come on, most of us would say, no way. But he just, a little bit at a time, puts a little gravel in your shoe, and a little tiny grain of sand in your shoe. As a backpacker, I can tell you, can cause a great big blister and a lot of pain to where you cannot walk. And that's how the devil really works. So animosity turns into anger and anger turns into bitterness. If any of those things, bitterness, anger, animosity, or harshness, if those things are in your heart or you feel or can, can imagine or see someone come to mind, when I say those words, then I would say your heart is not right. And I'm not condemning anyone. What I'm saying is get right with the Lord so that like the Israelites, you don't rebel against God and presumptuously go into battles that you do not need to go into. Because presumptuous battles end up in broken families, broken hearts, broken lives, broken minds. So <clears throat> that was one thing that really stood out to me. Because remember, Peter said to Simon, not just because it's money and he tried to buy it, right? But he tells him why. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, this ministry, right? For your heart is not right in the sight of God. Many of us accept our heart being right in the sight of our church, our pastor, our friends. But the truth is, is if you have that bitterness, anger, animosity, or harshness towards anyone, your heart is not right. And you may not have any part in the ministry, the battle that you're seeking to, to endeavor in. And that might be why you're experiencing the, the defeats that you're experiencing. But there's one more word he says. He says, for I see that you are poisoned by bitterness. Remember that, poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. 
what does the word bound actually mean? So I looked up the word bound as well because it stood out to me and I have less of an idea how to pronounce that one. So I'm not even gonna try to pronounce it because I'll just sound like I'm trying to speak in tongues. <laughs> but for those of you who like to study in Strong's, it is G4886. It is defined as that which brings various entities into a unified relationship, uniting bond. Did you catch that? A bond. Okay, he's poisoned by the bitterness and bond of iniquity. It is that which brings various entities. People like to talk about demons and, and these, this, and it's all Satan. No, we invite entities, negative, I call them negative hearts, negative energy, right? Like I've said before, most, it's like clay. We give it form and they become <laughs> demons in our life with power. Sorry, we have my son's dog here. We give them power in our lives. So that which brings various entities into a unified relationship, we form a bond with our iniquity. We form a bond with those things in our lives. And those things actually feed our iniquity, our iniquitous state, we'll say. And they feed off of bitterness in our lives. We empower negative entities, which is various entities, right? A bond, your, and you know the, that bond we make with people, that, that relationship, we make those same things with entities in our lives through iniquity. And the easiest way to fall into iniquity is not going out and committing adultery, going out and committing murder, thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not do this. No, we actually give a foothold to the devil simply by holding on to bitterness, giving room for anger, harboring animosity, and being harsh. Those are not the ways to actually bring others to the Lord. And that is not the way we'll find victory in the battles of life. One, if I can say anything to anyone out there, do not pick a fight you were not called to. One of the things that I've learned in martial arts is it's better to be an escape artist than a martial artist. It is better to be someone who, who passively walks away and diffuses a situation than someone who has a fuse explodes and fights. Sorry for any of the glitchiness here. Uh, I'm on my phone out of town, so hope it's coming through to everyone. <laughs> but uh, hey, Randy, what's happening? Amanda, thank you so very much for the comments, everyone, for watching. I really appreciate it. My point is this. If you are someone who is seeing others or experiencing mental defeat, mental illness, that maybe you were not prone to, people say, does it run in your family? Oh, my family is a different kind of crazy is what I say jokingly, but ultimately there's a lot of people who don't have, we're looking for things to blame rather than take responsibility. And many times mental defeat, psychosis, mental breaks, emotional defeat, emotional breakdowns, right? Nervous breakdowns, anxieties, and things like that. Physical defeat, where we just were beaten, completely physically beaten, burnt out. Maybe a disease that comes on and sets in or an illness that really wasn't there before. These kinds of defeats we experience when we try to take on battles that we were not called to, just like the Israelites. They rebelled against God when he told them, and that's why they were defeated. And after they were defeated, they came back and, oh, God, fix it. Oh, God, make it all better. 
lie. It even says in scripture that he would not listen to their, their cries or prayers, we'll say, and gave them no ear. Do people look at a God as a real God, as a just God, or do we just look at him as a as grace gummy bear, as a, as a magic lamp that we can rub, a lotto ticket that we might win this time? It is time that we as a church wake up and we start revering our God for who he is and give him credit for who he is. We want to be who we want to be and be the best us. Well, then we need to let him be who he is and see him for the fullness of him. Yes, he is merciful, but he is also just. Yes, he is loving, but he is also very scary. He can, he can pull apart an entire universe. He can set in order a universe. He made the very beings that we are. Do a little bit of anatomical research or anatomy research. Do some neurological science reading and you will be completely just blown away by what God has created. And are we giving him credit for those things? And oh my gosh, yeah, Amanda, holy. Now wonder the angels stand in his presence saying, holy, holy, holy. And my guess is it's holy wow. Holy wow. Holy wow. And are we a people who are responding to, dealing with, approaching that way? Or do we just, oh, God's my God. God's my homie. No. For those people who are out there being prophets and doing this and no dock on anybody, but what I living in what I call the Bethel effect, which is a spiritual psychosis many times. Okay, I'm going to get up front and start prophesying. <laughs> that doesn't work that way. We need to honor and revere. Remember that fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that's not just like, oh, reference to God. That's realizing who you're dealing with. The prophets, whap, fell on their face. Moses, who spoke to God, had to be put in the cleft of a rock, God's hand over him. And then you're going to look at my back. Otherwise, poof, you're done, bro. Maybe we can return to an understanding, a respect and an honor for who our God truly is. When we rebel against him, as the Israelites did in Deuteronomy, when he told them, don't go to battle, I'm not going to be with you because I'm not calling you to that battle. And we go to battle anyways. Expect defeat. Expect burnout. Expect an emotional breakdown. Expect a mental breakdown. Expect loss. Why? Because you presumptuously went into a battle that God did not call you into. And when you turn back to him and start praying and crying. I don't know about him and how many of you out there understand or know what the porcelain God is. They call when people drink too much, they're puking their guts out at the toilet. And, oh God, I'll never drink again. If you just help me to get over this. Come on. <laughs> Everybody knows somebody. Does he listen then? Do they just stop puking and get over their hangover? No. You get the cause and effect. And God is so good that he lets us learn sometimes the hard way. Let us not be a people who have to learn the hard way by rebelling against God and forcing him to turn an ear to be just. Let us question ourselves. As Paul said, if we would discern or judge ourselves, we would have no fear of judgment. Let us look at, at Simon the sorcerer. This guy could actually make things happen by, by means of evil spirits, by the definition of the word sorcery, the use or control of evil spirits to make things happen. And he had an entire city like, ooh. But then when he saw someone preaching the real word of God and what the Holy Spirit can do to a person's life, he wanted that power. Not, not to be like Peter, James, John, Philip, and, and let the light of Christ shine and say, hey, I know 
they're going to point to they're going to point to the true light the light of the world the one and only path the way jesus instead here come to me i'm a light i'll solve your problems i got all the answers that's what simon the sorcerer wanted to buy and what he wanted to do so he can continue to deceive people into believing that he was important he was a christ himself he was setting himself up to take the place of christ therefore peter said rightly your money and you perish you, you and your money die it'll go away and he says you have no part nor portion in this matter this ministry this work for your heart is not right in the sight of god let us be a people who begin to actually set our hearts before god and let god determine whether our hearts are right or not not us decide well my heart's right now you know i don't drink i don't smoke and and i don't cuss so i'm good for ministry uh yeah no you have a porn addiction yeah no you are actually bitter towards your neighbor or your wife or your children you're angry you're an angry person with your neighbor or the person who rear-ended your car or maybe caused you to lose some money you have animosity towards the person who does not agree with you i'm republican you're democrat i'm democrat you're republican they have animosity towards them i don't agree with blm and oh you're all bad there doesn't there's no need i'm not taking one side or the other i'm just giving examples you have harshness in your heart well they get what they deserve if those types of things any of those examples match something or ring a bell in your heart or mind i would say it's time to repent because you may be walking into a defeat yourself because rebellion is how they got themselves there and again satan's not going to come up and say hey you want some crack come on so okay yeah i'll smoke some crack and i hope i'm not offending anybody but i'm using extreme examples right now to get my my point through maybe sometimes chasing the new age metaphysic and trying to get an awakening is not where you need to be maybe sometimes going super uber deep in scripture and, and looking into all the other writings and the words of the world and maybe if you're not being led there by god you shouldn't be there too many people want to be in deep waters to impress others just like simon the sorcerer they're not being called to walk into deep waters they're just walking in and jumping in and then oh god save me and just like the israelites he turned a blind eye he would not give them ear you brought this on yourself by rebelling at me god has a heart everyone i hope that we can appreciate and respect that heart treat handle that heart as though it's the most precious thing that we could ever have access to not the power of god not the mysticism and the magic of the unknown worlds and paradigms and paradoxes and whatever else you want to say maybe the most magical mystical experience you will ever have is to be right here in this that god has already given to all of us are we appreciating that or are we lost we're so full of our luxuries and fatness so to speak of the spirit and the word of god and the freedom we have to do all we do that we have room now for bitterness anger well that pastor said something i don't like animosity harshness and i can tell you i'm not sitting here saying these things because i'm completely free of everything but because i truly and i hope many of you follow suit and in your own lives i believe have said god sift my heart help me to be truly free not just think i'm free but be free I don't want to be right in my neighbor's eyes. I don't want to be right in my, my church and denomination's eyes because I do it all right. <clears throat> I want to be right in your eyes, Lord. 
so that if you should choose to allow me to have portion in this matter of the ministry of the word, I'm ready. I'm not seeking to be a light. I'm seeking to point to the light. And that's where Simon went wrong. And that's where a lot of people are going wrong. Therefore, they're experiencing defeat in their marriages, in their parenting, in their family and homes, in their ministry, in their mind, in their heart. So mental breakdowns, emotional breakdowns, burnouts, divorces, it kind of gets easy to see where it's all coming from. It's easy to see why the children of Israel rebelled. They had so much of God. Oh yeah, God's with me. He led us through the desert. He made bread fall on the ground. He made birds fall out of the sky. He made oceans part. Yeah, he'll be with me. We'll go just beat these guys. Because, well, we beat the last guys, the Philistines. We took them down. David took down this. This guy took down that. We're, we're solid. I'm a Christian. God's with me. That doesn't mean God's got your back on every fight you choose to walk into. So please, one of the things that I'm learning right now as I watch one that I love suffer very much so is that sometimes we choose to walk into waters that we were not called into. We choose to go into battles that we were not called into and we presumptuously walk into the unknown and we get our butts handed to us. And then all of a sudden we want God to fix it. Well, sometimes the best way God can help us is to just let us endure it. So if you're someone who is experiencing these kinds of defeats, seeing someone who's experienced these kinds of defeats, point them to the light, point them to scripture, know your scriptures. Not because it's the end. It is the essential building block on all other things that God will lead you into. And he will lead you into deep waters if he chooses. Because remember, one servant got five talents. Another servant got two talents. And another servant got one talent. You know, the sad thing is, is so many people think that we all got to be Delta Force Navy SEAL Christians. But with those special forces, Delta Force Navy SEAL, super awesome Christians... Would they have some place to eat if there wasn't a cook? Would they have a base to go to if someone didn't build that base? Are you someone who is okay and can embrace where God has you? If he says, hey, I want you scrubbing toilets, you're going to be the soldier who scrubs toilets. You're going to be the soldier who just carries a backpack. You're going to be a soldier who just cooks. Can you cook like you're cooking for God? Can you clean toilets like you're cleaning toilets for God? Can you carry that pack, that 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 is like it's being carried for God? Or are you so busy wanting to be something more? I want to be Delta Force. Hey, that's cool. Why don't you live like Delta Force where you're at? Why don't you be Delta Force in cooking food? If you're someone who, you're your prayer warrior, nobody ever sees, do you need a spotlight? So please, <clears throat> consider my words. It's not uh, a rebuke not as like telling people what to do, because I'm telling you, I'm, I'm convicted by these same things. And for those of you, hey, Nani, my sister, thank you for coming on here. I appreciate it. For those of you who want deep waters, you want to go deep with God, please make sure that you read about Simon the sorcerer. Is your heart right in the sight of God? Are you ready? Or are you asking God, Lord, sift my heart sift even my thoughts in the night, as Paul said, so that when the time comes, if you choose to call me to walk on in deep waters, you choose me to be a Delta Force or go to battle, then I'm ready. 
and I know you will have my back. I will not presume that you will have my back and then meet with the feet and be like, where was God? Why did God, you know what? I just can't do this. And that's how come a lot of so-so Christians are sifted out. So I, I hope these words are encouraging to someone and, and, you know, inspiring to someone. I have to say, there's no such thing as being an inspiration without a lot of perspiration. And not many people want to put in that perspiration to be an inspiration. They just want to be an inspiration. And that's just like Simon the Sorcerer. He wanted to be a light, not point people to the light. Deceivers, there's many. Do not be deceived and do not be a deceiver. Lay yourself down before the Lord. Ask him, not your neighbor, not your pastor. Don't compare it against denominations, but truly seek the Lord and be willing to embrace what he puts before you. Don't rebel and don't presume you're ready and right for the fight. Much about martial arts and kam kamikazes, some of the things that I, I've shared with you guys before, I have something that I do, it's called the King's Kamikaze. Kamikaze means divine wind or breath of God. Kamikaze pilots were not suicide pilots, as most people would think. And the base definition is that to coin them, they were actually ones who were prepared. They prepared themselves every day to die. They did not go out looking to die. They wanted to win the fight and they were willing to do anything to win that fight. So they prepared daily. Martial arts is that way. Christianity and truth is that way. Prepare every day for the fight. Don't go out looking for fights. Be ready for the battle. Don't go out looking to, to battle. Because when the time comes, you'll be ready and God will say, unlike Simon, he'll say to you, you have part and portion in this matter, this fight, and you will have success. So, Thank you so very much to those of you who have commented and, and uh, taken the time to watch. I really do appreciate and I thank God for your encouragement. Please, for those of you who are not reading anything specific this year or um, have a study, please consider studying the book of Acts. Everything I share with you here, challenge what I'm saying. Don't just take my word. Go experience it so you can understand it, right? Just like if you had a, a monkey as a pet and that monkey died and somebody came up and said, oh, I understand how you feel. And you're like, oh, you had a monkey as a pet too? And they're like, no, I've never had a pet. Well, you don't understand. You don't have any experience. You're, you're just saying like, I comprehend. Let's be people who don't just comprehend our faith, our God, our Christ. Let's be people who understand the experience. And this is where the power of wisdom will take root in our lives and we will know what battles are for us and which ones aren't. And we will have success. I'm not saying it fixes everything, but man, a lot less pain can be had in our lives and defeat in our lives if we will just do that. Kate, how you doing? Thank you so very much. Randy, I really thank you and appreciate uh, your, your uh, encouragement and comments for all those of you, again, who are taking the time. Uh, um, Amanda, Randy, Nani, <laughs> Kate, Socorro, Greg, Truett. Hey, Truett, what's happening, man? Um, oh, I like that. Being jaded will kill your ministry. Holy cow. Your heart being right, right? And that's that uh, bitterness thing that I was talking about. But um, I'll just stop there and say thank you guys very much for uh, for watching. Uh, sorry to go long, but I just, this was really on my heart and I felt it strong as I was feeling some defeats myself and wondering, Lord, where do I go? You know what? I'm just going to go back to scripture and continue to pound the scripture. And if you want to speak to me, you'll speak to me. If not, well then, I'm just going to keep going. 
and this is what came. Uh, I read about Simon the Sorcerer and had to check myself. Am, am I being, am I, be, am I getting away to bitterness or anger or animosity or harshness right now? And guess what? I was actually giving a little way to some animosity, uh, some, some anger and bitterness. And I had to repent and I did so. And, and man, it's amazing how just, it seemed like night went today. I'm trying to choke back tears one minute and the next minute I'm, I'm wanting to cry for joy. Please consider my words, challenge my words and, and put yourself before the Lord. Don't be presumptuous. Don't find yourself in defeat. The Lord is good, but he is also just. He's a good father, not just a, a, a doting gummy bear dad. He's there for our good, and he will do all things for our good. Sometimes it feels like Darth Vader, <laughs> but it's for your good. Maybe don't put him in a position where he has to look like a Darth Vader, and he won't be. So I love you guys. Thank you so very much. Um, we'll continue to keep you guys uh, updated with some of the things that are just happening for our family or whatnot. Um, our son is doing much, much better. So I want to say thank you to all of those who uh, prayed for us. Um, please pray for Eric Bud. Yes, uh, Eric Bud will be lifting you. Um, there's a lot of people in need right now. So you guys, you know, keep a track on what's happening here. Our app really isn't working well. There's, we've just been getting so much resistance. It's been unbelievable. So set an alarm. Take the personal responsibility to set an alarm for 120 every day or each time zone, whatever you feel pressed to do, but we would really like to be praying unifiedly and a wave of prayer baptizing our nation, crossing this nation like fire, because we need it at 120, boom, 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 together. We will make this nation and this world our upper room, and we will see great things happen because our God is great and he's waiting on us. So let's get right. Love you guys. Stay strong, pray on, and we'll see you soon.